0: Okay, Michelle, okay, okay, all right, it's Sunday, April 24th, Amen. and um, I was thinking before I began this sermon on Ecclesiastes 10, verses 8 through 12, Sunday, April 24th, can you say that, Sunday, April 24th, I'm going to say this, and I know you can finish the statement, This is the day that the the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Can I get an amen? amen? This is the day that the Lord has made. And we ought to rejoice and be glad in it. We all have a lot to be thankful for. Can I get an amen? We have a lot to be thankful for. just waking up in the morning, having eyes to see. Budge to taste the food and all the other ingredients that go along with human nature. I don't want you to respond unless you want to. But if you have something to be thankful for this morning, I want you to raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Can I get an amen? amen? Without further ado, I'm going to get into the sermon, but I'm, I'm going to capitalize on that today, maybe it's because of the things that happen to us or happen to you. We have a lot. I know I, I'm repeating myself. We have a lot to be thankful for. And I find that the more I give thanks to the Lord, even driving up and down the street, turning the corner, getting food for the church, the more I thank him the more he opens the doors. Can I get an amen? Amen. He'll do the same for you. I'm no better than you are. You you begin thanking the Lord and see what he will do because he will do great and marvelous things. Without further ado, I know I have said that before. I'm going to go to number two. Ecclesiastes 10, verses 8 through 12. A a few verses I couldn't get... I want you to know that no matter what I did, as far as this sermon is concerned, I couldn't alter it. I looked over it at least 10 or 15 times, and I tried to integrate more things into it, but I just couldn't. So I know this sermon is just what the Lord wanted me to say for the audience today, and perhaps... Just perhaps it's for many of us. Can I get an amen? amen? So here I go. Ecclesiastes 10 verses 8 through 12. He who digs a pit may fall into it, and a serpent may bite him who breaks a wall. I hope you don't think this is going to be just another educational sermon because it's not. This sermon is filled with evangelism. I want you to know that, and you're going to see that as we go on. I'm going to repeat verse 1 again. He who digs a pit may fall into it, and a serpent may, notice I have the word may underlined, bite him who breaks through a wall. He who quarries stones may be hurt by them, and he who splits logs may be endangered by them. If the axe is dull and he does not sharpen its edge then he must exert more strength wisdom has the advantage of giving success if the servant bites before being charmed there is no profit for the charmer now what has this got to do with me well i hope you will soon find out words from the mouth of a wise man are gracious while the lips of a fool consume him, number three. Let's get back to verses 8 and 9, and please, as I said, notice that again, the word may is underlined five times, sometimes even more. One who digs a pit may fall into it, and one who breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. That's the Net Bible. I want you to know something, and I'm not trying to say anything extra special. Preachers and teachers of the word of the Lord must spend much time studying and preparing a sermon. Can I get a witness? And even you and I who read the word of God, you must spend some time for the Holy Spirit to speak to your spirit and your soul. You cannot spend five minutes in the word of God and think, unless you're extra special in some type of way, and think that you're going to not hear and think that you're going to hear what the Lord is saying to you. And I hope you won't get insulted. Uh, Maybe i better put this to myself. I could spend... Hours watching a basketball game or a football game. How much time does Brother Bruce spend in reading the Bible? Can I get a witness? Ask yourself that question. If we can spend an hour or two watching a sporting event or whatever it is, we need to spend some time in the word of God and let him speak to us. And the reason is, he's got things for you and me to do. He who digs a pit may fall into it, and a serpent may bite him who breaks a wall. That's the NSAB, New American Standard Bible. And last on your list, when you dig a well, you may fall in. When you demolish an old wall, you could be bit by a snake. Three translations of the same verse. And here's the King James, the one I grew up with, and perhaps the one you grew up with. But in the King James, the Revised Standard, and many other translations, these verses use shall or will. Here are the King James and the Revised Standard versions. You can see I have Part B there, 10 eight, Ecclesiastes 10 He that digs a pit shall, not may, fall into it. And whoso breaks an edge or hedge, a serpent shall bite him. That's different than the may. I know this is getting kind of boring, but stay with me. Ecclesiastes 10.8. I shouldn't say that. The word of God is never boring. It's never boring. If you get into the unsearchable riches of Christ, it's never boring. Ecclesiastes 10.8, he who digs a pit will fall into it, and a serpent will bite him who breaks through a wall. And why, one may ask, number five, But before we attempt to answer this question, let's go over the difference again. I'm a big person on clarity, clearness, because I have to clear it up myself. One who digs a pit may fall into it, net Bible, and one who breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and a serpent will bite him who breaks through a wall. To summarize then, the Net Bible informs us that although the King James Revised Version and many other versions read, he who digs a pit shall or will not may fall into it, the Net Bible, as just seen in a previous verse, has chosen as the reading and the NSAB to translate may instead of will. Number seven. And now, perhaps, for the ESV, that's the English Standard Version, has her answer. The various calamities described in verses 8 through 11 are all accidental in nature, indicating that the one who digs a pit is not necessarily doing so with malicious intent, evil intentions. The point is simply that fools destroy themselves by their own foolishness. Number eight. Also, the Net Bible supplies us with an additional answer when it says, one who digs a pit does not necessarily fall into it, but he may under the right conditions. Number nine. And in addition, the right conditions, here are some other types of condition. I didn't say that correctly. And in addition to the right condition, here are some other types of condition. Listen to this. Matthew 4, verses 3 through 6. Listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. And it came about that as he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. And other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth or soil, of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Conditions continue, number 10. And other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came and choked it, and it yielded no crop. And other seeds fell into the good soil. And as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60 And a hundredfold, and he was saying, he who has ears, that's Jesus, let him hear. Number 11, now I get to the major emphasis of this message. If indeed your heart has been worked on and now therefore considered good soil, Number 12. Here's the right condition. This is number 13. You are in the right condition to hear the following. But the the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down or who will descend to the abyss? that is to bring Christ up from the dead. What does it say? The word is near in your, excuse me, the word is near in you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith, which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, or Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, not may, you will be saved. Can I get a witness? Let me repeat that last part again. That if you will confess, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Well, what do you mean Jesus is Lord? If you believe that the Son of God was virgin born came into this world to save a sinner like you and me, that he indeed is Lord in the highest sense of the word, which means that he is God the Son, you will, not maybe, you will be saved. I'm getting ready to get ahead of myself, I can tell. Do you believe that Jesus is the eternal son of God. That's what it means by Lord. Do you believe in your heart, not just in your head, that he died totally taking all of your sins, past, present, and future, to the cross? And I know I'm going to repeat this again because I know it comes up in slide 35. And he said, it's finished. I'm not going to try to sing it, and I didn't have this in mind. I'm just going to say it. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, and he washed it white as snow. For with the heart a person believes, not with your head, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the Scripture says, "Whoever believes in Him will not be disappointed." Well, Brother Bruce, I thought I had to get, I had to get baptized before I got saved. Let me make a, just a short excursion. Baptism represents the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the eternal Son of God. You should not get baptized until you get born again. I'll just speak it personal. I can go down a wet center and come up a wet center, and I'm still unsaved. For there is no no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches. Say riches. God sent his very best. His only begotten, unique son. And no one else had the ability to pray, excuse me, to pay for your sins. No one. It took almighty God. That's right, I call Jesus God. He's the eternal Son of God. He's God the Son. He's Lord of all. And no one else had the ability to pay for you and my sin. No one. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. Let me ask you, sinner, I don't know who you are. Have you called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? And when I say call upon, I mean call from your heart. Of course, you can say it out loud too. Whoever will, and I'm back to that will and may, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're saved today, you know it. It's an assurance. It's a it's 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 an absolute assurance in your heart. Where'd you get that, Brother Bruce? I'll just pick out one. These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. See, there were a group of Gnostics, and I said this before. There were a group of Gnostics said that you could get saved by Knowledge, the more knowledge you have, that brings you closer to God. But the Bible says, whosoever believes, once and for all, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know. As I heard it said yesterday on TV, Christianity is not just a religion, it's a relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The right condition continued. How then will they call on, on Him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. I'm going to make a little detour here. I'm going to pick on you and myself. How often have you and I Spread the good news. Can I get a witness? If you're guilty, good. Because God is working on you to spread the good news. What's the good news, Brother Bruce? The death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of the eternal Son of God in your behalf. That's the good news. It was a substitutionary death. Here's another shell, and no maybe about it. Because you've confessed with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I need to stop right there. There are many religions that teach that Jesus Christ rose as a spirit, but Jesus Christ physically rose from the grave. And there's a man in heaven. And he's the mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. And if you're saved you're going to have a resurrection body just like his. No more sickness, no more sorrow, no more disabilities. He's the firstfruits of them who slept. The firstfruits. What's that mean, Brother Bruce? That means he's first to rise in a glorified body And you and I, as the sons and children of God, stand behind him, if I can put it that way. For man believes with his heart. Why do you keep talking about the heart? Because some of us, notice I said some of us, we believe in our head, but not our heart. Christianity, Christ has to touch your heart the base, the very essence of your being. For man believes with his heart and is justified. Say justified. Don't you know that when you have confessed with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised his son from the dead, that word justified means you've been declared righteous? Oh, I'm, I'm a good person, Brother Bruce. I do this for other people. I serve in the church, I give my tithe Uh, I'm, I'm just a nice guy I hope I won't insult anybody I thank you for all that but that won't save you and I appreciate the people who stand in various conditions in any church and help and serve But believing on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is absolutely essential. No one believes in him will be put to shame for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and bestows his riches upon all who call upon him for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I think I'm going to bypass number 16. I want you to go to 17. I said it three three or four times, and I said it for emphasis, but I'm going to go on to number 17. Let's go on to the second half of verse 8. He who digs a pit may fall, and a serpent may bite him who breaks through a wall. I searched many commentaries for this. And the best appropriate one seems to be, at least for me, and I'm going to go back over this so you can get the context. He who digs a pit may fall into it, and a serpent, you can see the asterisks there, may bite him who breaks through a wall. This is for everyone in here, including Brother Bruce. Whoso pulls down the wall of temperance, say temperance, Temperance in the Bible means self-control, as you can see. A serpent will bite him. Trembling hands, broken constitutions, ruined reputation, vanishes, ambitions, wasted lives, poverty, shame, and enfeebled will, death. These are the serpents that bite him, in many cases the transgressor. What do you mean by that? If you are a sinner, this applies to you. If you're unsaved, this applies to you. But this also applies to us. If you stop reading the word of God, if you don't spend any time in prayer, if you don't have any time to praise his name, the old nature ruined reputations, wasting your life, shame. Death, these are the serpents that could bite you. Can I get a witness? I want to hear. I don't know if I, I hope I'll hear when I meet the Lord. Well done. Well done. Let me ask you a question. Say temperance again. How's your self-control? Every time somebody says something to you, you're ready to retaliate. Can I get a witness? Or maybe some profane words come out of your mouth. And yet, and I'm gonna use myself, yet we pretend or we're supposed to be Christians. We need to put a check on our mouth. Sunday, you're a Christian. Tomorrow, you're you're something else. He who quarries the stones may be hurt by them, and he who splits logs may be in danger by them. This verse teaches care and caution. Say care and caution. Whoever pulls down an old building is likely to be hurt by the stones. I'm going to stop at that word caution. Be careful how you talk. Be motivated by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you right now, without hesitation, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, all kinds of stuff can come out of your mouth. Number 20, if the axe is dual and he does not sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength. Wisdom has the advantage of giving success. Without wisdom, whatever a man takes in hand turns to his own hurt. 21, the fool will continue to use a dull axe instead of being wise and sharpening the edge. The fool doesn't wisely consider the future, and how a wise use of one's time in the present can make for a better future. Thank you. I use march to slow me down. Number 22, this is for everybody. There are times with all who work for God If you're working for God in the smallest capacity, I want you to raise your hand. Come on. Raise your hand. Good. Great. There are times when all who work for God, you are blunt. Through much usage, at all such times, let us turn to God and say, give me more strength. I'm going to tell you right now, and anyone who's been in, been in Been a Christian for some times. Sometimes things get pretty dark. Can I get an amen? amen? And at those times, you need to say, Put in me more strength, Lord. I'm attempting to do your work, but I cannot do it without your help. And I'm going to use a favorite phrase, and you can. You can finish it off for me. I can do all things. Come on. Through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it. But you notice the words, through Christ. And another translation says, I can do all things through Christ who emboldens me. And along with that, I just heard a thank you, Jesus. And you know, you need to say that once in a while. When you're cutting the grass. When you're walking up a hill. When you're turning a corner. Thank you, Jesus. You think you're something. But we're nothing really without him. Give more grace. Say grace. Now here I go again. Marge, I'm slowing down, for by grace, you have been saved, not of your good, so-called good works, lest anyone should boast. If you're here today, and you're trying to reach the Father, the Son, through your good works, I'm going to say it humbly. You're on the wrong path. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's a gift. And I said to everyone that I tried to talk to you cannot earn a gift. It's a gift. If you have to earn it, then it's not a gift. But if you notice, and I'm not going to turn to it, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 10, it says, for we are his workmanship. And I don't know who I'm saying this for. After you get saved, God, through the Holy Spirit, engenders you and me to do good works. Give more grace that they, that, so that your work will not suffer. Surely more work is done by a blunt age and divine power. Say divine power. power. The Holy Spirit, and I don't know who I'm talking to, the Holy Spirit is the divine person who works in every born-again Christian. Number 23 without wisdom, whatever a man takes in hand turns to his own hurt. Now, I apply, and I added my own notes here. Whatever church you attend, I'm not talking about the Potsdam Bible Church. I'm, I'm talking about any church. Whatever church you attend, you better be wise enough to, to make sure they are teaching and preaching the fundamental Beliefs. What do you mean by that? Let me say that over because the next, the next, the next uh, page reveals it. Whatever church you attend, you better be wise enough to make sure they are teaching and preaching the fundamental beliefs. What are the fundamental beliefs? Here they are the triunity of God, the deity of Christ. What do you mean by the deity of Christ? Say it again, sister. He's the God-man. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyhow. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And let me put it in the Greek. And the Word had a face-to-face relationship with the Father. The word, and it's that same word who came according to John 1.14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the Bible says that we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full, not half full, full of grace and truth. I don't know who I'm talking to. But this is the person who died for your sins. The substitutionary atonement for your sins and mine. The bodily resurrection. First and second coming. Jesus is coming again. And he's coming for his bride, the New Testament church. Is he coming for you? Or will you be left behind? Salvation by grace alone, by faith alone, in the finished work of Jesus Christ alone. Can I get a witness? But I missed something in my list. Enoch walked with God. He had a personal relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. How's your relationship to Jesus Christ? Does he walk with you and talk with you and tell you, you're part of my family? Do you spend time in prayer? Can you feel him in your heart? Can you sense his awesome presence? And he's not the only one. Every born again Christian can have that same identical experience. Before we go into number 11, I have this to hand out at the end, and here's a few of them. I was born into the family of God and now I have a personal relationship say personal relationship. relationship with him as my heavenly father he is my provider and protector as well as my creator number 2 my name was recorded in the lamb's book of life in heaven to stamp to substantiate my spiritual I got more here, but I'm only going to give one more. And this is so important. I was granted a pardon for my sins, and I am eternally free from the penalty and power of sin. Did you hear that? I was granted a pardon for my sins and eternally free. And some of you are not going to like this, but I'm going to say this anyhow. Once you get saved... you're always saved. Yes, you may fall back into the world, but God has a way of chastising you and me. But he doesn't take your salvation because salvation is based on the finished work of Jesus, not how good you are. Because you couldn't be good enough anyhow to stay saved. There's not a person in this room who's good enough to keep his salvation. Well, then I can do anything I want. No, you can't because God will chastise you as one of his kids. Paul says it this way in chapter, chapter 6 of Romans. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? That grace may have been. And what's the next part? God forbid. I'm going to put it on myself. God forbid that I should stand up here and preach and do the opposite when I get out of here. God forbid. (laughs) Preach, brother. Number five, and then I'll go back. This is number five. My spirit has been regenerated. And I have spiritual life to go along with my physical life. Giving to me the possibility of totally fulfilled life. You want a totally fulfilled life? Come to know Jesus. And let him... Work out. Work out his salvation. Notice I said work it out. You can't have something work out unless you have it already worked in. Colossians 127. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ in you. The hope of glory. I'm going to stop with my list, but don't forget I plan no hand in these out at the end. Can I get a witness? We get on fire for everything else. Why can't we get on fire for Jesus? If the serpent bites before being charmed, there is no profit for the charmer. The moral of this saying is simply this. The calumniator. I had to look that up several times. I still can't pronounce it right. A person who slanders is as dangerous as a poisonous serpent. And from the venom, I'm just going to say venom tongue, of slander. I guarantee you, if you start preaching or teaching or talking about Jesus, somebody's going to have something negative to say about you. And it might be true. It might not be true. But thank God, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have gone away. I have a lot that I could regret, but thank the Lord, they no longer have a hold on me. Just as the Son of Man was slandered by evil men and women, you and I, being far from being morally perfect, you can expect to be slandered. Looking at that. Number 27, words from the mouth of a wise man are gracious while the lips of a fool consume him. It is pleasant to listen to wise words. I am so glad I have a group of people that I am around that constantly give me wisdom. I, I'm, I'm sincere about that. I got a person right here who cuts my hair. He gives me wisdom. I got a person sitting right in front of me in a Bible study. He gives me wisdom. I got nieces and nephews who are praying for Brother Bruce Carter. And if you think I don't need prayer, you're mistaken. And if you think you don't need prayer, you're mistaken. Why you say that? Because the devil's, he's out to devour. He, I'm going to put it this way. The devil, Satan, is out to devour your testimony. He, he wants to make you null and void. Well, he's supposed to be a Christian. She's supposed to be a Christian. Look how they're talking. Look how they're behaving. Look what they do. But thank God, every born again Christian has a shield around him, and Satan can't get through unless God lets him. Twenty-eight. Everything that proceeds from him is decent and orderly, cre- credible to himself and acceptable to those who hear him. But the lips of a fool, which speak everything at random and have no understanding to guide them, are not only not pleasant to others, but often destructive to himself. This goes for Christians. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned, as it were, with salt, so that you may know how you should respond to each person. Titus 2, 7 and 8. In all things, show yourself. Say in all things. things. Not some of the things, brothers and sisters. All things. And if you think that's easy, you're mistaken. In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds. Say good deeds. Well, I'm saved. Yeah, I, I, I can't doubt that. I don't know your heart. But God expects some good things out of us. Not just saying it, but doing it. Faith without works is what? Dead. It's de- it's a dead faith. In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine. Say doctrine. One of the, one of the, I don't know how to say this, one of the, um, negative things that I just heard this past week is that a, a preacher picked up the Bible, said one verse, shut up the Bible, had a little bit to say about it, and the rest was just songs, and and, and, and my daughter is going to school, and, and they're going to... That's not preaching. That's not a church you should go to. We, and I know I'm going to say it over and over and over again, we need to be taught the Word of God. I'm going to say it again. You, you better be careful what church you go to. I don't care if it's the Potsdam Bible Church. I don't care what church it is. You better be careful. Going to ask you a question before I go on and I hope you feel guilty about it. <laughs> how many of you how many of you could point to the verses without going to the index and all the other things? How many of you could point to the resurrection of Jesus Christ? how many how many could do it how many of you could point to the deity of Jesus how many, could, how, many how many you could t- say say to someone and point to it you must be born again how many of you could say why do i need to be born again and go back to uh, go back to psalm 51 and says we're all dead in trespasses and sins that's what david said how many Gracious words, say gracious words. I'm on those words. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Do you hunger and thirst for the word? Or is it it just another book? And I dare not throw this book, and I'm not going to throw it. But do you hunger first for the word? Or is it just another book? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemaker, for they shall be called the sons of God. Here's some gracious words. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. This is from the Lord Jesus. He kills the prophets and stones those who were sent to him. How often I wanted to gather, gather your children together. The way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. How about you? Are you willing? Or you still want to do things? Well, I got to go home and I got I to do certain things, but i got to clean up my life. And I, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, you can't clean up your life to please God, except you get born again. Then he'll clean up your life. I'll make sure I didn't, I think I missed one. 31. Okay, I did miss one. 32. He came into his own, and, his, and those who were his did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe on his name. That word believe keeps propping up again and again and again. You know why? Because when you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Back to 33, not back to 33. He came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become the children of God even to those who believe in his name. Here's some gracious words to his father about them who nailed him to the cross. But Jesus was saying, Father, say father. father. Now before I go on to this verse, do you know that every born again Christian has a right, has the privilege of calling God the Father, Father. In Romans chapter 8, is, you can call him Abba, Father, which, is, which is, describes an intimate relationship with God the Father. Think about it. The creator allows you to call him father. Here's what Jesus said. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. Okay, Miss Cheryl, you're on. Ms. Sherwin and I had, I, I had a darker slide. I couldn't see it, and she corrected it for me. And how about this gracious word, Tetelestai. Say it, I. There he is. It's finished. I'm going to say it over. And I hear so many things about I'm a good person. I go to church. Uh, I serve him. Uh, I go to church on Saturday. I go on Friday. I'm so good. It's finished. He paid it. I don't care if you go to church every day of the week. If you're not saved, you're not saved. Why did he say it is finished? I know why he said it. Because I'll use myself and you. All our sins were placed placed upon the eternal Son of God. And if that doesn't give you, it doesn't have to give you goosebumps, but it should give you a tremendous thank you. What if you had to pay for it yourself? You couldn't do it. How long would it take you to do it? Eternity, which means you can you never do it. To tell us star. Why not make the wisest decision you could ever make? I need to slow down here. Don't be a, an ultimate fool. I don't like to use that word, I, but I, I think I should. Don't be an ultimate fool and leave this world without trusting in Jesus Christ as, and his finished work. Don't be foolish. It's the greatest mistake you ever made because it's a long way into eternity and eternity never stops. I've been trying to figure out this concept of eternity separated from God, and I can't. But it never ceases, and that's what, sometimes I get, I wish there was no place like that, but there is. Here's one definition of foolishness. Failing to act according to the principles of practical wisdom. Letting down buckets into empty wells and growing old with drawing up nothing. Apply that to yourself. I won't. I think this is my last slide. How many times have you heard the gospel? You heard it over and over and over again. And I'm not trying to insult anybody. And you haven't accepted Jesus Christ yet. You heard about his death. You heard about his resurrection. You heard about his perfect life. You heard about his taking all your sins. You heard about it all, but you still want to stay out there in the world. I'm closing up. I'm going to say what my mom says It's a fearful thing. (laughs) To fall into the hands of the living God. Won't you trust him today? No, I'm not asking you to come up here. You do it in your own private time. Can I get a witness? You talk to the Lord personally. Say, Lord, I know you want to save me. I know I'm dead in trespasses. I don't care how you say it. But say it it," in the sense that I'm a sinner and I need you. And he'll hear you. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord not may be saved, shall be saved. Let's let's give it to the Lord a hand. I'm done.